I thought she was gonna try and kiss him again. I was so afraid. I thought she was gonna try and kiss him again. Yeah, I was like, literally, she was like, you deserve it. I was like, uh-oh. And then she was like, uh, a gift. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I remember the first time when he did it, he was like, ugh, okay, mwah. <laughs> that's it. I was like, that's coercion. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The Hundred Script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact this week is like kind of weird. So like in this episode, Ethel fully quotes Star Wars deadpan as if she just came up with it herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess our thing is... Can you explain what our fun fact is? What movie line we would say deadpan to another human being. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here's mine. <clears throat> the fact that you had to look it up does not bode well. Why? This is gonna be long, isn't it? A little bit. <laughs> ah! How shall I do it? Oh, I know. I'll turn him into a flea. <laughs> a harmless little flea. And then I'll put that flea in a box. And then I'll put that box inside of another box. And then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer. It's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I tell you, genius, I say. Or to save on postage, I'll just poison him with this. <laughs> Robin, would you like to tell us where that's from? That is from Emperor's New Groove, my favorite movie of all time. That was incredible. That was incredible. <laughs> minute you said flea, I was like, done. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Appertania, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And mine is much shorter, because I just picked the phrase clever girl Mm. from Jurassic Park, which it's supposed to be said with a borderline British accent, or English accent, but you know, don't worry about it. Those are just two words, though. Yeah, but the way it's said is, like, so iconic that it's on t-shirts. At Hot Topic, actually. With dinosaurs on them? Yep. So everyone knows it's from Jurassic Park. So no one would be able to recognize it without it being, without there being a dinosaur. Well, what quote would you like me to pick? Something from Drag Race. Good luck and don't f*** it up. No, you should pick, um, the Woman Inherits the Earth one. <gasps> you are so right. Let's see here. God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. Dinosaurs eat man. Woman inherits the earth. You're so right. Thank you for knowing that movie better than I do, even though I've seen it probably 300 times. Cool. Today we have words to say about episode 321 of Riverdale, The Dark Secret of Harvest House. We probably should have been able to figure out what the dark secret was based on the fact that it's called Harvest, Harvest House. Harvest House. Yeah. Yikes. Um, but The Dark Secret of Harvest Home was a 1978 American television thriller miniseries based on a 1973 novel, which was just called Harvest Home. Um, and um, yeah, I talked about it at the end of last episode. So if you want to hear more about it, check that out. But um, yeah, it's pretty messed up. It's like a cult of villagers that have this festival that's not just a festival. It's basically like, I mean, it's a cult. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in a cult. Call your dad. Yeah. Brittany Tudor Boot. Toot. Yeah, I'll toot it. I saw a lot of people online, like, laughing, and, like, first of all, I understand. Yeah. But second of all, I still had a good time. As far as Riverdale goes, it's a pretty good thing that I thought was going to be the finale, but it isn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really strange to me that they changed. It's weird that they changed the format. Season one and season two, it was just, like, the penultimate episode is the big episode. The finale is, like, the the come down and the the setup setup for for the next season. season. Yeah. So it's weird to me that like, I literally, I can't, this is embarrassing, but as I was getting home from work, I was getting home from work at around 6 p.m. And um, Riverdale ends at 6 p.m. 
Okay. Where we are. Yeah. So I knew, I was like, there are people in the world who know who the Gargoyle King is. And I was like in the elevator on the way back up to the apartment, like smiling, th- thinking about how I was going to finally know who the Gargoyle King was. And then I watched the episode and I still don't know who the Gargoyle King is. So first of all, you looked creepy in the elevator. Good well, it was th- just me. Okay. So it's fine. I was the only one in there. Just checking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think I don't like it this way. Yeah. Because there's going to be so much crammed into the finale now. Mm-hmm. I should have seen it coming because it really feels like every time they do a fight, it's to kill take, time. To kill time. Yeah. And that's why I was so weirded out by the fact that there was a boxing match in this episode because it's just it just takes up time that you don't have time for in a finale. I was literally, um, I was on a plane, so I had nothing to do but watch this episode. And I still just kind of zoned out when the boxing match happened and I stopped paying attention until the hitting stopped. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm just not one for fights, so I don't know. I like fights, but, um... Not I. I'm just really tired of the boxing. When I decided to watch a TV show based off of the Archie comic books, I didn't know there would be this amount of boxing in it. Yeah, there's a lot of fighting, especially in this season. Like, Archie's just doing a lot of punching. But yeah, ultimately, definitely, I would toot it. For sure. I would agree. I enjoyed all three storylines, mm-hmm. so I don't have any reason to boot. No it. complaints. Yeah. Um, so should we just get started? Yeah, let's uh, let's just jump into it. Oh, should we um, read out that other email that we got today? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a few days ago. Yeah, um, good this was written to us before the episode last night, so that's why we're reading it out now and not later. Um, all right, so it's from our friend Leah again. Hi, Leah! And let's see how we feel about... Her thoughts this time. Sounds good. After this past week's episode, which is Last prom episode. night, yeah, yeah, my thoughts have changed very little and I feel like I have been confirmed even more now. Edgar is 100% behind what happened on prom night with Betty. How do you feel about that? I disagree. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I would uh, like see. that to be true. I think this whole plot was Edgar getting Betty to a point where she had to go to the farm. I definitely agree with that. Yes, absolutely. It would explain why he would not let Cheryl run for prom queen when she is already student body president, aka a position of power. That logic did not make sense unless it was Edgar's way of manipulating the situation to get Betty where he wanted and get Cheryl out of the way. That makes sense. This would have made more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, in retrospect. Mm -hmm. Her father is the one thing that clearly Betty is absolutely terrified of. I think that Edgar was the Black Hood on prom night. Or maybe Chick was. I'm pretty sure that Hal actually was the the Black Hood on prom night. Yeah, I think it in was Hal as well. Um, I think, in my opinion, I still, I'm still standing by Chick as a Gargoyle King, personally. Okay. But anyway, continuing on with the email. If they are working together, which I think they are even more now with the whole blonde hair, blue eyes, one year ago he showed up, intel from the tattoo artist, they both would know about Betty's fear of her father from either living with her or from Alice, courtesy of Betty's diaries that Alice was going through in the beginning of the season. Alice could also tell Edgar how Betty and Jughead are easy targets for investigating things. She said so much earlier this season with FP when they were in bed. If the Black Hood was Chick or Edgar slash Charles, they would not really want to hurt Betty just to scare her to the point of submission. This would explain why he suddenly just left her alone in that closet. He could have gotten into that closet if he wanted. That's such a fair point. That is Why did he suddenly step away? Yeah. (gasps) good point okay that's interesting i definitely like hal is shaped so much different than edgar and that's why i have a hard time that's my thought as well is the black hood looked like Hal? yeah i'm pretty sure that the black hood is Hal, especially in the trailer that we got um for the season finale we see Hal taking off the black hood mask so we definitely know that hal is alive hal is the black hood at least but it could be that hal is allied with edgar for some reason probably due to his obsessiveness with Betty. Yeah, so if the... I 100% believe, personally, in my soul, that Chick is the Gargoyle King, and we'll talk about that later, but I 
also, if the Edgar is Charles thing is happening, mm-hmm. then I also see that. Like, if if Edgar is Charles, then I understand why Charles is in with them because yeah. Edgar has his hand on so much of everything. Yeah. And what Leah's bringing up here makes sense considering, like, the whole he would know these things because of Alice and he would know all these things about Betty and how he can manipulate Betty to do stuff. You know, the thing that disappoints me is that I think that's such a neat and tidy way to clean it up Mm -hmm. and like really put a bow on that storyline. And the fact that it's not going to go that way, just makes me sad. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Continuing on with the email. Mm -hmm. The Gargoyle King on prom night then was a hallucination. Like I think it most often is. There must've been something in the bathroom or something on the note that gave that kid gave Betty that made her hallucinate. On a side note, it was interesting that they had the kid delivering the note wearing one of those plague masks from the Middle Ages that were created to block out disease. <gasps> I didn't pick, I didn't pick that up, and I, thought, I think that's really cool. It always makes me think of Doctor Who. Clearly, there has been times when people have dressed up as the Gargoyle King to scare, like Tallboy or Moose's dad, but I do not think that the real Gargoyle King is actually real. And obviously, there has to be someone behind it, so you have to ask who is behind the drugs. Chick is a known drug dealer, so is Hiram, so is Gladys. I forgot the chick was a drug dealer. Uh-huh. I forgot the chick was a drug dealer. Yeah. It's chick. It has to it be has chick. It has to be chick. It has to be chick. How do you feel about the Gargoyle King being a a hallucination on prom night? I just think every single time, I always assumed that the Gargoyle King was real and only a hallucination yeah. at the sisters. I would, I would be disappointed if it wasn't. But, and maybe I'm thinking too far into this, the Gargoyle King costume is really hard to walk in and really hard to transport. You know, like but that how one do you time when he forced someone to have a specific hallucination. And when he just like showed up in Alice and Betty's house that one time, you know, like that sort of stuff. Like it's hard, it's hard to understand how it's being transported so quickly just by like one person slash the gargoyles. And if all of the gargoyles know, it's like, how has it not been revealed who it is? Okay, yet, go know? with me here. Okay. What if the gargoyle king is literally a projection? Mm. Like, like not a projection from a mind, but a technological projection that you see, but is not actually there. Like a hologram. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Interesting. It would explain things that I don't think the show is even worried about, which Mm -hmm. is how do you transport that costume? Yeah. But I think that would be a cool way to do it, where it was like, there is actually no single gargoyle king. Right. It's, it's an idea, Mm -hmm. not a thing. Yeah. Here's, uh, going back to Leah's email. Is the Gargoyle King bad? If you think about it, the Gargoyle King has never done anything, ever. We have never seen it actually do anything bad or good. It just stands there. Adding to my suspicion that it is not real. I think all of the bodies that Betty saw could potentially be hallucinations too, except the one in the closet. More on that later. I rewatched what, uh, actually, and that is proven false because there are yeah, three body bags yeah. in the new uh, episode. But I rewatched what Mary said to Archie at the end of the episode and they never mentioned dead bodies in that conversation, just that Archie could not believe that was going on while they were at the dance. I took it as him talking about what happened to Betty in the Black Hood returning, which would make sense why Mary would stay considering Archie's history with the Black Hood. Like, the problem is that all of this logic actually makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It's just that the show isn't doing it, yeah. which is a shame. Yeah. I definitely, I find that concept really interesting. Is the Gargoyle King bad? Because you're like, the Gargoyle King keeps ki- killing people. The Gargoyle King, but the Gargoyle King doesn't actually kill no, anyone. Everybody it has minions. Everybody kills themselves with the Gargoyle King. Like, um, spoilers for the very first episode of Sherlock. Oh, here but we do go. You remember that guy who yes. was the who was the murderer in the very first episode of BBC's Sherlock? Yes, I do. Who um, basically just talked to people and then had then they de- they yeah killed he talked them to basically. death. Yes, yeah. So I mean. You are absolutely onto something with that. With the Gargoyle King, basically just has a manifesto and people just do it. Yeah. You know? 
It's like, how much of the gar- is that actually the Gargoyle King? Well, it's the same thing with Edgar. That was the same point Edgar was making, or who made the whoever was making that point. I don't freaking remember. But it's like, well, what bad has the farm ever done mm-hmm. like so far? And you're like, crap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, Jellybean bringing up the scripture in casual conversation to Jughead was pretty convenient in the beginning of the episode. Was that the point of having Ricky take Jellybean two episodes ago and why she was never in danger? Was it so she could share the strategically given information about the scripture that we have never heard about until now with Jughead? That, coupled with someone calling into FP that they found the place where Kurtz was living and then the scripture just happened to be there, Betty and Jughead used that scripture slash lore as the basis for catching the Gargoyle King by making her prom queen due to what it said about the role of the Griffin Queen. We know Jug likes to make up stories and quests for G&G. Edgar would know that Betty cosplayed as the Griffin Queen because of one of the girls she saved from the sisters that Edgar took into the farm once he bought it with Betty's money. Could have easily told him about it. Oh my god. That's really fair. Is it That's just like so fair? It's so convenient that you think it's been a setup, but you never know because the show just like does you curveballs. Yeah, well, it just does convenient things sometimes, right? So it's like very, very interesting theory. But it's yeah. like I just don't know because the the show just does things. <laughs> That's sometimes, the really you know? idiocy of Riverdale, though. Yeah. Is like they have like an underlying framework of really smart storytelling, but they cover it up with like icing sugar, so you yeah. don't see it. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe Edgar slash Chick has Hal cap. Think about how Chick was always doing weird stuff to cut Hal out of the Cooper's lives. Plus, Hal tried to kill Chick last year. They could totally have cut his hand off and kept it at the crime scene. How would Edgar have known? That could could be a connection he has with Hiram. Or maybe Betty told Alice that he was moving. I cannot remember. I kind of hope that Hal somehow saves Betty and Alice and Polly and the twins and then dies doing so. It would be a weird redemption. Yeah, I'd be into that. I'd be into it too. I do think that seeing in the trailer Hal pulling off the gar- the Black Hood mask kind of ruins that one. But I think that would have been interesting if that had been true. Well, even so, he could always pull off the mask and still save people. And yeah. Die that. Like the, the back part of that theory doesn't have to be ruined. Right, true. Lastly, can we mention how Edgar was telling Alice that the farm basically eats their elders? Is that for shadowing to Edgar trying to kill Alice. I think that those infinity tattoos are similar to the gargoyle ones. It also seems as though those tattoos were poisoned, right? I thought that is what Dr. Curdle Jr. was implying about Kurtz's, but I could be wrong. I can say this. Alice's did not look good, like all red and inflamed. Could Edgar somehow attempt some sort of mass suicide? I mean, we've seen this before with real cults. Okay, so part of that I think wound up being like really like spot on because they were talking about like eating the leftovers. Yeah. Uh, they harvest organs. Mm -hmm. So what do you do with the rest of the body once you've done everything you need to with the innards, basically? I know that when they were at the sisters, they were giving them, like, pills and stuff, and it happened to be, like, fizzle rocks and stuff. But it's like, you know, when people have babies, and then they do the thing where they, like, dry out the placenta and take it as pills... (gasps) <gasps> yeah weird celebrities do that and you i'm know? like um but if you preserve the stem cells in that whole cord it's much better yeah so i yeah. don't know um and then just some random questions that she brought up how did kurtz know that fp was dead eye back in high school someone clearly told was it alice to edgar we had that exact question yeah and we still don't know well my thought was that the Gargoyle King would know because it's the same Gargoyle King, but now we're pretty sure that the Gargoyle King- Like, here's the thing. If the Gargoyle King is Chick, then Chick would have to hear it from Hal, and that would mean that Hal would have to hear it from Alice, and why would no, Alice- No, Hal le- heard it from Penelope. Penelope, that's right. But here's the thing, is it's like, next episode, not only do we have to figure out who the Gargoyle King is now, we gotta figure out who, who the, the Gargoyle, Gargoyle King, King was, was then! Which clearly it had to be Hal. I guess. But, but, but- when he explained it that one time when we thought he was, like, fully lying, he was like, yeah, just kidding. Like, I was lying to, like, take the heat off Penelope or whatever. But remember, even at the time, we were like, what if he wasn't lying? And that in itself was a ruse because this show is a Gordian knot. 
Oh, God. Um, and then lastly, was the sixth head that FP found supposed to be connected to that body in the closet with Betty? And that was the only body that she saw that was real. I We know that all of the bodies were real, but that was another thing that we had was it's just like there's this other head that was supposed to be there at the bus thing. And then there was a headless person. But it's like Hal wouldn't have time to... I totally cut thought off about his the own... weird headless thing. Yeah. Hal would not have time to be in a crash, cut off his own hand, run to the school, kill somebody, take their head off, take the head back to the bus thing, um, then scorch it to the point where you can't even recognize it. Like, it just doesn't make sense for that. Like, they're so far away from each other that doesn't make sense, but it's the only, like, head thing that has happened. Like, it's... So that's confusing. And there's but. also the same thing where it's like... It, like, speaking of missing body parts, Hal cutting off his own hand and then sticking a hook on it. Did anyone, like, clean up that wound? Like, did Dr. Curdle Jr. have some kind of, like, role in this? Because otherwise, no. Hal's gonna bleed the frick out. I have a very special place in my heart for Dr. Curdle Jr. And I don't know why. Literally, last episode, I was like, what if Dr. Curdle Jr. is dead? Because she, like, walked into that, like, bloody place that kind of looked like yeah. a morgue. And when she walked in there, I was like... You were genuinely afraid. I, like cheered yesterday because I was like oh my god Dr. Curdle Jr. is okay <laughs> I love What's him your obsession with Dr. Curdle I love him he's so freaking creepy and he's so funny he makes me laugh okay because he's like I'm secretly know. a little morbid you know he that just right talks funny it's it's good anyway thank you so much to Leah for sending in her thoughts it's so interesting um to I hear love everybody else's yeah. uh perspectives on this um, if you guys have any thoughts um, before the finale this week, which, oh my God, um, please send in your voicemails slash emails to aficionadospodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and we're excited to chat about it. Freaking the finale is this week. That's so funny to me. Well, I thought this week was supposed to be the finale type thing, you know? So I'm disappointed. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. All right. Should we talk about the episode now? <sighs> yep. Okay. So I split it up into Varchi, Jughead, and Betty. And I thought we'd talk about Betty last because it was, like, the most interesting one. Even um, though it's, like, not about right. the cargo right. Yeah, I, I could not be more bored by Varchi if I tried. Great. And I could try. It's actually, like, not as bad as it has been in the past. No, the you're past. absolutely right. So, since Hiram fully owns everything Veronica's worked for all season, Mary and her FBI friend formulate a plan to catch Hiram in the act of doing something super illegal. Archie challenges Hiram to a boxing match because Hiram told Hermione that he's going to buy Riverdale. Hiram has to agree because he's in a sauna with a bunch of other old rich guys. Veronica tells Hiram that people are wanting to place bets on the match, but she said no. Hiram's like, Veronica, of course I want people to bet because that would make money for the speakeasy I definitely don't own. Veronica's like, no way, dad. Okay, you got it. She enlists the help of Reggie and Peaches for this and fight, 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 blah, blah, blah. Again, a song is sung at the same time as a fight is happening and the FBI steps in to arrest Hiram before he can kill Archie. Veronica visits Hiram and mentions that all of his assets are gone and she won. But did she because what's happening with Pops now? Uh... Veronica's entire season three arc has been for nothing. Archie chats with Mary and decides that he has to go confess his love to Veronica again. When Archie arrives, though, Reggie's done the same thing. Hallelujah. Literally, what is going on? So the first scene that we have in this one is Hiram telling Hermione, basically, that he's going to buy Riverdale. And he says that Governor Dooley has already signed off on this. And I'm like, freaking Governor Dooley. Also, um, Hermione's magically back. Okay. Welcome like, back, Hermione. For like five lines and then she leaves again. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this lady from the FBI, her name is Ardelia. I love that name, just okay. by the way. I think it's beautiful. So we had Brooke and Ardelia. Jo our friend Joanna um, let us know that this 
um, storyline was actually supposed to be Fred's before Luke's um, passing, which is too bad because Fred was finally going to get a bigger role in the season. This was Fred's storyline? Yeah, Fred was supposed to be what Mary is doing, and then they had to bring in oh her. Oh my god, you know what? And thank God for Molly Ringwald. Yeah, that she was able to. Yeah, yeah. that she just, like, like stepped in and did it. Wow. But I do have a question. Were these awesome, incredible, strong women that we are meeting supposed, supposed to be, to be dudes? Because she said that she went to Sarah Florence. Yeah. Which as long as, as far as I know, Sarah Lawrence, I think is an all girls school. So I have thoughts on this. Okay. I'm going to tell you my thought on Sarah okay. Lawrence first, okay. which was that my best friend in junior high and high school was named Sarah Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that she should be, because she was a ballerina, she should be a ballerina who went to Sarah Lawrence and who was Sarah Lawrence. Mm. And I was convinced that she would be able to get in that school because her name was Sarah Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how university worked. Okay. Cool. Okay, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. So Sarah Florence is a joke on Sarah Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And I um, did some research and it looks like there was a... Um, Nixium little <gasps> thing at there Sarah There was a Lawrence. Nixium chapter at Sarah Lawrence? <gasps> oh my, is it an all-girls school? Did you see? Um, I wasn't, I literally just saw the Nixium thing and I was like, ah! And then I, and then I, that was it. It just says it's a private liberal arts college in Yonkers, New York. I've been to Yonkers, see. New York. I wanted to go to Sarah Lawrence, but, um, turns out you have to be smart and have money to go there. And I have neither of those things. Well, I don't have private university money. Does anyone have private university money? Because it turns out not even, like, celebrities do. It doesn't say that it's an all-girls school on the Wikipedia page. Okay, I wonder why I thought that. At least not in the very beginning part here. I think I got that from 10 Things I Hate About You. Okay. 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 So tell me more about Sarah Lawrence. Basically, I just saw that there was a Nixium chapter there, and I was like, cool, so cults. That is also my reaction to most things, which is, oh, cool, cults. Yeah, so that's basically it. Veronica shows up to Archie's house and I said, don't leave the door open. Bugs will come inside. But they just left the door open. Just no respect for other people's property, I guess. Whatever. (laughs) So when I was watching yesterday, Archie goes into the sauna and there's like this wide shot and there's one dude's towel who I'm just like, you can fully just like see up this guy's towel. (laughs) Shut up, really? Like I was like, (laughs) I mean, it's lucky it's dark. So you can't see anything, but I'm like, <laughs> if this was like, sir, your balls are up. <laughs> I was like, if this was real, you could fully just see up that guy's towel. Like it's a short towel. Wait, 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 wait. What is that quote from Friends? Hey, buddy, this is a family establishment. Put the mouse back in the house. <laughs> so Veronica is conning Hiram. Um, we just did a lost episode called the Long, the Con, Long Con, in which Sawyer gave a very good definition of a con would you tell me what it is oh yeah so basically what sawyer says is the way to con someone is to make it seem like it's their idea it's like it's your idea but you've planted it in their head and then they're like i i have a great idea and then you're like no way i didn't even think of that (laughs) like oh this does not play into my plan at all so like by definition veronica is having an idea Getting Hiram think to think it's his idea and then going with it. Yeah. So like she's literally conning him. She's um, literally. I here here's the problem. Here's the problem. She doesn't. I don't really know how Hiram fell for this because I feel like I if even if I didn't know I'd be like why is why is she acting so weird? Mm. You know like she always seemed to be smiling the entire time and I was like what you giving it away. She also says that Reggie is a con man. Like she says, my favorite con man or whatever. I'm like, is Reggie a con man? In what world? Yeah. How is, wait, how is Reggie a con man? I don't what? know. Like he's literally just like a delinquent. <laughs> That's it. You know? <laughs> just a delinquent. Really? Mary supports his boxing now because um, they kind of just had to have her bring her in and say no to make it make sense. 
I think you know? because that role probably would have been split between Fred and Mary. Yeah. Where Mary, either Fred or Mary, one would be supportive, one wouldn't. Yeah. But instead they had to take Mary on that emotional journey because yeah. Fred wasn't there. Okay, so what did Veronica actually need Reggie for? Handsome points. Okay. Like, literally, she's like, I need your help. But it's like, mm, like, for what? Did you, though? And then he gets in there and, like, Peaches is basically doing a more important job than Reggie. You know what? Shout out to Peaches. Who we get to meet. Oh, yeah. We get to announce two more people next, uh, for when we talk about Sweet River Con. Hell yeah. Um, my next one is I'm tired of watching fights. Thank you. Okay. I'm not tired of it, but I am, I'm not tired, I don't know if this is gonna make sense. I'm not tired of it, but I'm bored of it. Like, okay. I'll do, I'll do it repeatedly and that's fine. It's just, like, as a narrative device, I'm really sick of it. Yeah. Um, it was a great song choice this time. Yo, the minute she started singing it, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, how did y'all get the rights to Beyonce? <laughs> and then it did. Cool. It's my favorite song from that album. Oh, good. Cool. There you go. It's called Daddy Lessons. Okay. It's Beyonce's uh, country song. It seems like the ref, like it's it's Archie's boxing gym, but then they say it's Hiram's boxing gym. But then like who hired the ref? Because it seems like the ref does not really care about what the rules are. Yeah. You know who would have been a great ref for this fight? FP? No. Keller? No. What? Mad Dog. Mad Dog isn't a ref. But he could have been. It should have been Keller. Here's the, here's the tea. I just wanted Mad Dog in the scene. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. One of my, okay. Other than my favorite line award, which is a, s- a secret until the end of the pod. Of course. Um, My favorite part of this entire storyline was um the FBI lady coming in and Veronica sauntering up to her and going, what is the meaning of this? <laughs> See what I mean? It's not viable. No, I know. But I think she was meaning to not be viable that time. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of cute. What's of this? What's going on? What have you seen your dad? He's actually not here, but I can tell you exactly where he is, though. He's doing illegal things. Oh my god, oh my god, Um, FP gets to arrest Hiram, and that is so great. I for love him. that for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after this. Hiram has been thrown back to season one and Veronica has been thrown back to season two. Yeah, we're just repeating uh, second verse, same as the first. Yeah, yeah. basically. It's kind of it's kind of disappointing, to be honest. I'm... Veronica versus Hiram is always interesting, mm-hmm. but not when they keep hitting the same beats over and over yeah. again. I was like, okay, like, so, so Hiram and Hiram are fighting again, huh? Hiram's back in prison. The only difference is that Hermione is free. Yeah. Um, Veronica is back to season two because now she does not own anything. And the things that she did own. Like, I'm worried about Pop. Yeah. Now I'm Pop's- mostly just worried about Pop Tate. Like, what's going to happen to the chocolate shop? Like, didn't she say that it was, like, going up for auction or something because the bank, like, seized his stuff or, like, the government seized his stuff or whatever? Oh, so hold up. Hold up. If Pop goes up and Betty busts the farm open, Betty probably gets farm money. Could Betty buy Pops? Maybe. That would be cool. Would she then get her, like, college money back? Wouldn't she want to spend it on college? Because that's what she wanted to spend it on in the first place. But they also have house money. And Lord knows wherever the hell Alice is, I guess. What do you mean house money? The Joneses own that. Yeah, but where's the money? I assume Alice put it into the farm. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Mary ships Varchi, which is what we saw Fred doing before. I feel like it's weird. They uh, they really ham, like, just kind of shoved that in there, yeah. didn't they? I was like, huh? Okay. And then she used the word endgame again, and I'm like, alrighty, like, thanks for reminding me. Everyone stop saying that. I don't want to talk about anything with the name endgame in it. <laughs> so... Archie goes to Veronica's house and he's like, Veronica, hello. I'm here to um, confess my love uh-huh. for you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, before you say anything, yikes. And then he's like, oh, is someone else here? And, Re- and Reggie's like, hey, what's up? So this scene's weird. 
I love it because I love seeing Archie floundering, to be honest. Okay. But my favorite part is when Reggie's like, hey, I came to confess my love for Veronica and she confessed her love back. Or like, she said that she also wanted to be with me. And Archie goes, is that true? And it's like, first of all, why would he lie? Yeah. Right in front of Veronica. And Veronica goes, that's what I said. And if I was Reggie, I'd be like, okay. See, I'm suspicious of this. Why? I think that Ronnie is playing Reggie for some reason. No. Because why else, would she, why else would she say that to him? Because she likes Reggie. I don't think she does. She hasn't talked about Reggie in ages. I know, but now she has him back and they like work together again. I don't know. I think I think things are not well in uh, Waffleville. No, Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales. So then Archie's like, okay, never mind. Bye. And he leaves. Yeah, he's like, um, okay. I'm Darn. not welcome here. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Robin. Can you tell me that, because I, I heard that um there are two more people who are joining us for Sweet Rivercon. Can can you tell me about that? Um, yeah. So there's two new guests that have just been announced and I'm super excited about them. The first is Bernadette Beck, who plays Peaches. Ooh. I'm actually really excited about this because she has the coolest look in the whole show. She is a pretty poison, so get into it. And then the second one is the second half of Shoney. So a Madeline Petch. I'm super excited. Yeah. Yeah, she was just at the Met Gala. So was Camila. Like, oh my god, we get to meet two people who've been to the Met Gala. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, so we so. have Shoni and Snake Parents. Like, this this con is just off the hook. Yeah. I'm re- Oh, I said off the hook. Yeah. How old am I? I'm old. <laughs> Anyway, I'm I'm super excited. Do you um happen to know when this con is? Yeah, it's November eighth to tenth, twenty nineteen, here in Vancouver. Wow. Yeah, I was gonna say the location is here in Vancouver. So you should go to unityeventscanada.com and go get some heckin' tickets, man. Yeah, and we're moderating the panels, so we have to ask the questions. So make sure you um, follow us on Twitter and stuff, because we're gonna be asking once we get closer to it. Uh, if anybody has any cool questions for them to for us to ask. Yeah, I'm really, I'm, I already know that I'm definitely gonna ask about the Met Gala. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. So now I'm gonna talk about Jughead. I'm yeah. fine with that. Jughead needs to figure out who sent Betty that letter. He goes around bribing person by person until he learns that Ricky's the one who it came from. He asks Jellybean where he is and she draws a map. Jug finds him and sabotages his ascension, which he is unhappy about. He's then attacked by Dilton's angry Boy Scouts and and runs into the bunker where he finds Ethel. She won't tell him who the Gargoyle King is, but she can save him from the children. They go to find a missing kid in that bus from last episode, and the Black Hood is here? Oh my god, I am shocked. I guess he followed them or something? I don't know. They escape because the Black Hood was thwarted by an old bus and a metal pipe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Jughead takes Ethel to the station and she tells him that the Gargoyle King is Jason Blossom, which absolutely not. Jughead needs proof, so he goes to check Jason's grave, which is empty. Sure. So here's something that literally just came into my brain. Why was the Black Hood at the bus? Like, why was he in the junkyard? I wonder if he had to, like, go and, like, get something from there. Like, I wonder if, since he's working with the Gargoyle King, the Gargoyle King was like, can you go and grab my... I mean, obviously the Gargoyle King knows that Jughead has the gospel, so it can't be that, even though that's where he found it. You the know? Gargoyle King forgot his charger there. Oh, okay. And he needed it. Yeah, I guess my question is, like, why... why was I think it? that the Black Hood was uh, tracking Jughead mm. as a way to get to Betty. Right. He thought that eventually Jughead would go to Betty. Like, Jughead has something that both the Gargoyle King and the Black Hood want, which is information. It's so warm out, and he's willing to wear a hood over his head. A black hood. You, that, know? you know what? Sometimes you just have to really have dedication to your aesthetic. I know. It just be so, must be so sweaty. Yeah. yeah. I hope he has a good skincare routine. I don't know if he does. I don't, I don't 
know. Hal has pretty good skin. Yeah, but are you allowed to have your skincare products in prison? Yeah, he was in a pretty fancy prison, I guess. Um, I was a big fan of Jughead bringing up Carrie because we had just said that, um, like last episode, we were saying that like we thought it was going to be more like Carrie, and it was. And, well, it wasn't. Well, That's it kinda, what we wanted. No, but it kind of was. Well, he brought it up. Yeah, we still don't know who these three people are who died. They're just super Whatever. fun and fresh strangers. So he did Peter Pettigrew. He literally Peter Pettigrew. He's super Peter Pettigrew. Like, Dr. Curdle Jr. was literally like, he cut off, it looks like he cut off his own hand. And Jughead was like, what? He cut off his own hand to make everyone think that he died? And I was like, yeah, that's the definition of Peter Pettigrewing. Yeah. He, 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 I'm going to say it's a combination of Peter Pettigrew and 127 hours. Because that man mm. ate his own hand. Ate it? Well, he, he gnawed it off. He gnawed it. But he probably swallowed a little bit of it. Great. You know the hardest part of that? I mean, the hardest part is definitely eating your own hand, but the taste of blood is just really bad, too. He for, he did not eat his hand. He gnawed it off. <laughs> he ate it. No, he didn't. Though. What was he gonna eat? He didn't have any nutrients. Well, you know what? To be fair, I never saw that movie, so... For all I know, he did eat his hand. Yeah, so there. Um, Jughead spent $60 on bribery this episode. Hey, you know what? It's $60 well spent. Mm. Yes, my next note is, uh, hey, Jughead and Jellybean, you know you can afford to eat your ice cream out of two bowls now, right? Yeah, you, it just like, sure. I thought that was weird. <laughs> the props department was like, oh, we only got one bowl right now. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Well, um, narratively, we need you guys, uh, frame-wise, to be, like, right next to each other. And it's weird for you to sit next to each other with two bowls, considering your siblings, apparently. Yeah, the last thing I would do uh, with my sister is share my ice cream. Yeah, so that's why I think it's weird. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Jellybean drew a really detailed map. She sure did. Has she never heard of Google Maps? I also, I paused on it and, uh, Jellybean, you didn't really have time to doodle on it. I'm not sure why Jughead let her doodle on it. Like, there maybe were doodles. It, yeah, but maybe it was, like, she had already doodled on that piece of paper and then she, like... Like, I know it was, like, just the prop department being, like, we have to fill up this space and make it look like there's lots written on this page. But, like, I'm, like, she, you know, you don't have time for doodling. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Um, just some doodle nitpicking. Why can't these kids get into the bunker? Is the the lids too heavy? I guess. Is that why that kid couldn't get out? Like he oh, like at the beginning of season three, he said like, oh, I've been waiting down here. Stilton said he was gonna come back for me. But it's like, is it because he couldn't get out? Because the, the bunker lid was too heavy? The bunker doesn't have a lock, right? I don't think so. The kids were like, ah, and they just couldn't lift it up. I'm like, there's like, there's like a bazillion like of you and of you. Jughead can lift that up. You could definitely lift it anyway. Betty lifted that up with her mom on one shoulder. Yeah. Ethel freaking. <sighs> Why would you bring up Ethel? Because <laughs> she's in the <laughs> I'm episode. I'm just so mad at Ethel. Um, but, like, Ethel quotes Star Wars. Oh, that made me happy. Why? Listen, why? 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 It, it was kind of cringy. Oh, no, it was super cringy. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe because she knew that um, Jughead liked Star Wars. If I was Jughead, I would burst into laughter if someone said that to me. I'd be like, this is a life-threatening situation and you're quoting Star Wars? And they'd be like, yeah, and I'd be like, okay, same. Betty saved Ethel. Like, why is Ethel trying to get Betty murdered? Basically is what Jughead's saying. Betty saved Ethel. Where has Ethel been? Yeah. Because she said that she's, like, been with the king. Where? She... Says that the king tried to kill her, but she can't go against him because she loves him. Shut up. Whatever. You know what? Ethel needs a lot of therapy because, like, girl, you just keep falling into cults. Like, I can tell by your vision board that you loved him, but, like, yikes. 
Like we were just and like, that was the- why it's like a weird because the whole time we thought that it was a full on adult that was in the gargoyle king costume, so we thought it was creepy. But now it's like in my heart of hearts, it's chick, and he's like maybe five years older than her. I guess it's less weird, but like still weird. Still weird. Is junkyard Steve okay with everyone just romping around his junkyard? Oh my god, Steve! I just wondering think about that. Yeah, maybe he charges them admission. Maybe I hope he does. <laughs> he's Get like, yeah, Black Hood, come on in. He needs his coin. <laughs> yeah. There's a shot that's, like, exact from Lost. Tell me about this. Sure. So, um, basically, in Lost Season Mm 2, obviously no spoilers, very, very vague, um, there's a character... Well, there are some characters that people are hiding from. And then there are two people who are hiding from them. And one of them starts to talk, and the other one wants to go, shh. So there's a shot in which they zoom in on the character's face as he's going, shh. And puts his hand over top of the other's the other's mouth. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm pretty sure this one is exactly like push in, hand over mouth. Shh. I I I don't want to burst your bubble. It's not about lost. I know oh, it is. Okay, okay. I'm I just was like saying. I was like a lot of things have done this, but yeah, it is totally like. But like, I just a- wanted to say that there was one that was exactly the same on Lost, and I'm gonna make a gift set about it. No, thank you to those scraping sounds. Ooh, super not cute. Yeah, just no thanks to those. No. The Black Hood was just caught in a bus and Jughead doesn't call FP. Cool. Listen, no one said the Jones boys were smart. This is my, this is my beef with Jughead this episode. This is my beef with the whole show is no one ever thinks to call the authorities. Like, hello? The fact that Jughead doesn't call FP in this moment is very confusing to me. The fact, you know what, it's the same level of confusing where to us things make perfect sense and to the writers they're like, huh? Like, when Betty goes and gets Kevin and Fangs and doesn't go for her own mother, mm. I was like, huh? Yeah. Hello? She must think that Alice is too far gone. You're in a cult! Call your dad! They call the boys the Lost Boys, which is a Peter Pan reference. So cute. Just saying. I love it. Um, and they're going to be taken care of until the serial killers are apprehended, so... I do like that Ethel sort of adopted these kids in. Yeah. Well, what she does say is that she was, like, put in charge of them by the Gargoyle King. But, but she still. clearly cares about them. Yeah. Yeah, she was, like, able to be, like... Unless Jack is, like, her favorite or whatever, but she was able to be, like, boop, 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 where's Jack? Yeah. You know? <laughs> she was, like, thank you, Jughead. And then she was, like, thank you, Jughead. Have to give him a hug. And then she was, like, you deserve... <laughs> Like a gift or like a I was prize. so afraid. I thought she was going to try and kiss him again. I was so afraid. I thought she was going to try and kiss him again. Yeah, I was like, literally, she was like, you deserve it. I was like, uh-oh. And then she was like, uh, a gift. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I remember the first time when he did it, he was like, ugh, okay, mwah. <laughs> that's it. I was like, that's coercion. <laughs> I really thought she was going to be like, you deserve a prize from, because I'm a princess. Mm, and he would have been like, hard pass. Uh, <laughs> Or you could tell me who the Gargoyle Gang is. I really love the moment where Jughead is on the phone with Betty and he's like, hey, did you know that the Gargoyle Gang is Jason Blossom? And she's like, mm, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Kate, but like at that point, I've never related more to a reaction in my life. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even stop walking. She's just like, yeah, that checks out. And then she goes, um, I... I think it's Betty who's like, you're going to have to make Dr. Curdle Jr. proud. And I'm like, I love how much they love Dr. Curdle Jr. I feel like they stand Dr. Curdle Jr. Me too. Like, if they had, like, if they had Twitter accounts, they would be Dr. Curdle Jr. stan. Yeah. They'd be like, um, this is an account dedicated to worshipping Dr. Curdle Jr. only. <laughs> I do just, not interact. <laughs> I just feel like Dr. Curdle Jr. is like Matthew Gray Goobler's character on Criminal Minds if um he went through a really bad trauma. I hate that that's correct. I hate that. Like, they kind of look the same and everything. Yeah, they do. (laughs) They have the same energy, too. It's just like, you're kind of weird, aren't you? Yeah. If, so here's my thing about it being chick. 
Okay. Okay. First of all, who was it? I was talking to Ga- our friend Gabby. Mm-hmm. And she said that Hart Denton, who played Chick, recently dyed his hair red. And that's kind of um, a big deal. Um, I'm searching Hart Denton red to try and figure. Is he on Instagram? I don't know. Okay, either way, I heard about it. I have not. He is on Instagram. Okay, will you check? Yeah. He's only posted pictures of himself blonde. So apparently he's dyed his hair red. I have not seen any receipts on this. But either way, my new theory is that Hal, I guess, first of all, did not kill Chick when he said he killed Chick. Okay? Are you with me so far? Yes. Then, I guess he, like, brainwashed or somehow convinced Chick to join his cause slash get revenge on Alice and Betty. Yes. Okay. Which sounds like something Chick would do. Okay. Sorry, I'm just zooming in to see if like, cause he's wearing a hat. Uh-huh, I'm like, okay. oh, are you hiding red hair? But oh, okay. no, I think it's just a hat. <laughs> um, okay. If Hal was the original Gargoyle King, then he'd be able to be like, we need a new Gargoyle King. Will you be the new Gargoyle King? Okay. So then Chick becomes a new Gargoyle King and he's like, but we can't have me be me because I'm supposed to be dead. And so they're like, I guess we'll choose somebody else who's supposed to be dead for some reason. So they're like, let's pretend that you're Jason Blossom. Yeah. Why couldn't he just be himself? I don't know. So they're like, let's pretend you're Jason Bloss. I guess we'll find out next episode when it's definitely going to be Chick. And it's going to make absolutely no sense. Yeah. I want you to know this right now. We're both yeah. going to be like, what? So I still think it's going to be Chick. Either way. Then Chick dyes his hair red, apparently, I guess. I because, guess. Because there's, there's like a shot in the trailer that I'm like, question mark about? Oh, the guy, the guy with the back? Yeah, because yeah. it's like, because if... That guy's hair is red, and we see his back. Yep. We knew that he used to be blonde and have blue eyes and be weirdly magnetic. Yep. Which is Chick, yep. okay? Yep, So yep. yep, my heart says that it's Chick. Chick is pretending to be Jason Blossom. For some reason, Ethel, I guess, doesn't remember what Jason Blossom looks like and doesn't feel like going back on Cheryl's Facebook to look at him. Yeah, I feel like it's really easy to remember what Jason Blossom looks like. Or everybody else is just, like, brainwashed, you know, slash didn't know Jason Blossom. I mean, they are all kind of low-key brainwashed, so that makes sense. There's no way that it's Jason. Because one of the things that we say is no body, no death, right? Or, like, you can't say that they died if you haven't seen their body. For example, they're like, oh, Gladys took care of Penny. And we're like, okay, well, we can't say she's dead because we didn't see a body. And what happened? She comes back. She freaking came back. It happens over and over and over and over again. They say, oh, they're dead. No, they're not, right? Exactly. So that keeps happening. If the Gargoyle King was Jason, I believe that he would have reached out to Polly. Yup. And Paul, or, and Cheryl. Yup, you're right. You know? And it seems like they haven't. Um, unless, you know, Jason's like, or Cheryl's like, oh, I've been seeing Jason and stuff, but I don't, like, I really don't think that's what it is. Like, nobody knows death. He wouldn't wait that entire time until she joined some mysterious farm like, to reveal himself. Yeah. My thing is, it's like, okay, nobody know death, but not only did we see Jason's body, but we saw his death. Like, my dude was shot in the head. Yeah, you we literally watched him get murked. You don't get come back from that. No. You just don't. No. We saw his death. We saw his body. His grave is empty because Somebody they, dug, they him. dug him up already. Yeah. Like, I think Chicken Hal probably did because they're like, we have to pretend to be Jason. And we know for a fact that Jughead's going to check once he finds out that it's supposed yeah, to be Jason Yeah, we need the body. This is them. Covering their tracks. Covering their tracks and stalling. They're making, they're giving themselves more time. Yeah, it's actually kind of genius because then it's like everyone's focusing on the whole Jason thing and they're not looking at like who the gargoyle king is who the black hood is because they're like hey how is jason alive yeah exactly so like if they say i'm jason then it's going to take jughead extra time to dig up jason try and figure out if it's actually jason right if jason's body is gone where is it yeah it, it should have actually like decomposed a little bit more now so i'm surprised that when he opens it it's not like 
dirtier in there. They could have cleaned it, I guess. I guess, or whatever. I don't know where they put it, but they're both weird psychopaths who have both killed people if Charles is actually dead or not. I don't know. I didn't even think about that. But, so they would. Yeah, Um, they're really meticulous about stuff. Yeah, so I stand by, I think that it's Chick, and yeah, I think that Jason, that Chick is posing as Jason. I agree. Jason is dead. Yeah, Jason's super dead. Jason Blossom is dead. Because otherwise, it go with me. Would this show be able to resist Ethel saying it's Jason Blossom and then cutting to a shot of Jason Blossom being alive and it's really dramatic and that's the end of the episode? Mm-hmm. If 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 Jason Blossom was alive, we would see Jason Blossom immediately. That's my other thing. It's like, if this is the truth, that was a garbage reveal. Yeah. Because it's all verbal. It's literally just Jughead being like, hey, can you believe it's Jason Blossom? But he's like, oh, weird, you know? Like, <laughs> like what a weird week we're having, babe. If that, was, if that was the reveal, that's garbage. And that's why that's, it's not. It's not the reveal. You're totally right. You're totally right. It, the, they would not do that. You're totally right. So, um, yeah. Anyway, Jason's dead and it's chick. Yeah, that's that <laughs> on um, that. Yeah. Okay, that's all I had. Do you have anything else? I mean, we'll talk about Betty now. Yeah, let's talk about Betty. Okay, um, hey, do you know what Patreon is? No. Okay, Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. And um, we have a Patreon. Our lowest thing is uh, $1 a month. So if you didn't buy Starbucks one day a month, then um, you'd be able to help us out. That'd be really great. Um, one of the things that you can get if you help us is early access. You get um, at least one day early access on all of our pods across the whole thing, the whole network. Technically, I guess we're a network. That sounds fancy. Um, And if you can't donate for any reason, that's totally okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. Yeah. Thank you so much for considering helping us. And thank you to those who do help us. Yes. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. And if you don't feel like typing that out, you don't have an excuse because it's in the description. Just (laughs) click it. Okay. Great. Okay. So now let's talk about Betty. Okay. Okay. This one's long because my Betty submarines always are long. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot going on in her storyline. Okay. Betty's at the farm now, and Edgar is presumably doing to her what he does to everyone else. Alice and Polly tell Betty that she has a serial killer brain and that Hal didn't even have that, which is stupid. That doesn't sound like real science. During a session with Edgar, Betty sees herself and talks with her because she's the dark version of her or something. Next time, Betty uses earplugs so she doesn't hear the sounds that cause the hypnotism, and she realizes that the vision was Polly dressed up all along. Meanwhile, Betty learns that Edgar has been pretending to turn everyone's emotional pain into physical pain and removing it with a surgery. Kevin and Fangs have already had it done, and Tony is next. Looks like a pretty serious surgery. Betty's been seeing Evelyn hooked up to a dialysis machine. Evelyn says that she's had really bad kidneys all her life. Betty realizes that Edgar has been harvesting kidneys from people to give to Evelyn slash sell on the black market, question mark? She gets the proof she needs by sneaking into the operating room and literally seeing kidneys in boxes. Mm. Betty runs to Cheryl to show her that she's not cuckoo pants, and Cheryl freaks out because Tony's just been taken for the surgery. Cheryl runs to save Tony and they get away, but once they get to the window, Cheryl lets Tony go and sacrifices herself because love. Betty tries to save Fangs and Kevin, but they are too far gone and they capture her. Finally, Edgar preps Betty for surgery. Ew. But also, this was such a good storyline. Yes. Oh, look, one of my um, Jughead notes are are in the Betty storyline by accident. Um, And it's a really important note that's just, Ethel, that jacket is ugly. She's right and she should say it. Guess that was in the wrong uh, thing. Whatever. So this serial killer gene thing is a lie, right? Yeah, it's, that doesn't even sound like real science. I did some, some, I did some research. The the gene is real. Yeah. Those are like real things. Um, they're, it can be called the serial killer gene, but people are like, that's rude. Don't do that. Um, but the science is not there about that. Like, um, in the article that I read, it was kind of like, you know, 
Are there serial killers who have that gene? Yes. But you have to think about the amount of people who have that gene that aren't serial killers. Exactly. So they're like, so, you know, you can't really call somebody a serial killer just based on that. Um, And the people who have more of a proclivity for violence who have that gene, it's usually if they have like a really traumatic childhood Yeah, I was going to say, it it sounds to me like it's far more environmental than anything else. Yeah. They say that not even Hal had it. And it's like, okay. But, but, okay, so that, that brings more into the science that you shouldn't believe the serial killer gene because there are so many serial killers, I guess, that don't have that gene, right? So it's like, I don't even know... The minute they said no. not even Hal had it, I was like, cool, so it means nothing because yeah. he was the serial killer, or did y'all forget that? Yeah. So, obviously, Polly knows that they're lying. Not necessarily that Betty has the gene, which we're not sure if she actually does or not, but um, telling her and everything, obviously, Polly, Polly sucks. knows. Polly really sucks. Like, Polly sucks more than I thought she did, you know? Polly just, oh, I'm so tired of Polly. Obviously, Polly knows that they're, like, doing this whole thing to get Betty to do something for some reason, and we'll talk about that later, but, like, I don't think Alice knows what she's doing. I think they're like, Alice, please tell Betty about the thing that you learned when she was eight, or, like, whatever, and that was it. Like, Alice is, like, that's basically all Alice did this episode. And I mean, like, Alice has her own faults that, like, I'm still very frustrated with, because, like, I feel like you should have noticed that the person that you're marrying is an organ harvester? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Okay, Here's something that I thought was really cool that I picked up in my rewatch. Um, after watching the episode, going back, um, Edgar says to Betty, just because you were born with a malady doesn't mean it defines you. His wife, mm-hmm. Evelyn, right? Of course, she's born with bad kidneys. Doesn't mean it defines you. Let's just get you new kidneys. Like, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, that's a good idea. But why didn't you just go through the organ donation process? My God. Did they have Polly ready to be Dark Betty before or after Betty said there was another person inside of her? Like, that was a real coincidence. Unless, because Alice read her diaries, she would know? I think it has everything to do with Alice. Okay, yeah. She, uh, Dark Betty says that um, they drowned Caramel, the cat. Says you, Polly. Did, did Betty even push you down the stairs? Like, it just seems like you're just making things up. I feel like Polly drowned the cat? Maybe. Like, that seems like something messed up. They're just like, they're, they're just practicing gaslighting her. What good Mm -hmm. sister would do this? Yeah. Polly, you suck. Polly's out here seeing Betty in pain and continues. Yeah. Like. Because she's a bad sister. But one of the things that I thought was really interesting is that once they bring her back into the room, like, it's clear that, that she keeps, she's being transported between rooms, but she's missing those because she's hypnotized, right? Yeah. But of course, and we're not seeing that at this point. Yeah. But she says that her, she has a stabbing pain in her head. And Edgar says, okay, well, now we figured out where your trauma is located. So I have a very scary. Yeah. And also, apparently she has something in her brain that is different, right? So if they want to study her brain, and also that's where her pain is located, which it seems like they're taking out people's kidneys because that's where your pain is located. Like, this surgery that they're bringing Betty for... Y'all think they're trying to give her a lobotomy? That's I literally have the word lobotomy written down. But, like, that doesn't make sense because I'm pretty sure we see her in the trailer, and and she gets, like, knocked out at the end of the episode, right? So she can't... So what did they take? Unless somebody saved her like i at this point i just don't know but i do know that they're that they're talking a lot about betty's head and a lot about betty's brain this episode i am 
uncomfortable. And then she's being put in surgery. I don't know. Fang says that even though his scar hurts, the big pain is gone now. The big pain. The big pain. Oh, bud. His scar hurts. Okay, Harry Potter. Why is Tony next if Cheryl's been there longer? Is there something wrong with Cheryl that they don't want her stuff? Yeah, why is Tony next? Because here's the thing is that like Cheryl's been there longer and then also later she's like, Tony, you have to get away. It's like, so... Does Cheryl stay? I mean, I think Cheryl stays because um, then she can, like, um, distract them and so they won't go after Tony. But I also, because of the fact that Cheryl hasn't gotten her surgery done, even though she's been here longer, makes me think that there's something about Cheryl that they don't want. So she's like, I'll stay because they're not going to do the surgery on me. Yeah, it could be that she knew she was going to be safe, but I think it was more that it was just like an entirely selfless act for her. But yeah, it is kind of, or maybe something about Cheryl didn't match as well as something about Tony matched, which is probably more accurate. Okay. Why does Polly need Betty to think she's evil? Yeah, why? I have no idea. What motive does Polly have here? Is it just to freak Betty out and get her to be more into the farm? Because it's like, if it's like, oh, we're fixing everything about you, then she'll be like, okay, I'll I'll hail the farm, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like, I genuinely think that's it. She's just like, she wants everyone in on her crappy little cult. Well, Polly can be like, hi, Betty. It is I, Dark Betty. Um, These are all the things that are bad with you. And then like, since it's Polly who's helping that, then every session that she can prove that it's making that it's getting better and it's getting better and you're becoming a better person because dark betty isn't being it so dark and you're getting rid of dark betty and stuff that would make sense but that's all polly you know so it's like they're totally anyway i don't really know polly sucks okay so who's pretending to be everyone else because clearly everyone's being hypnotized and they're being brought into that room and they're seeing somebody who isn't there so but it's clear that it is somebody actually yeah polly's the one who's being betty right so somebody has to be being charles somebody has to be being Jason um and I don't know who is doing that I wonder I think my original theory was that I thought Edgar was impersonating Charles Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna stand by that one okay yeah but I don't know who Jason yeah I don't know who would be Jason what's up with everyone trying to pretend to be Jason Blossom I don't know leave him alone Cheryl mentions that people pay pay good money for hypnotherapy which is totally true yep um so I mean hypnotherapy does work Mm -hmm. like for the record it absolutely does work on some people so the science behind that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm more appalled at the science behind the friggin' a serial killer gene. Right. Like that was far more out of control. But yeah, I think hypnotherapy, I think, is a good way to explain away a lot of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Betty walks up and is basically like, hello, the gays, this gay couple, this gay couple, talk to me. <laughs> right? You know. She's like, hello, yes, Um, I trust all of you. Yeah. Evelyn is reading The Picture of Dorian Gray, which is an iconic novel by Oscar Wilde from 1890 and I've got a plot summary for you. Oh, okay. Um, if you don't know. I, I do, but I may tell people who might not. Great. Dorian Gray is the subject of a full-length portrait in oil by Basil Halward, an artist impressed and infatuated by Dorian's beauty. He believes that Dorian's beauty is responsible for the, for the new mood in his art as a painter. Through Basil, Dorian meets Lord Henry Wotton, and he soon is enthralled by the aristocrat's hedonistic worldview, that beauty and sensual fulfillment are the only things worth pursuing in life. Newly understanding that his beauty will fade, Dorian expresses the desire to sell his soul to ensure that the picture, rather than he, will age and fade. The wish is granted, and Dorian pursues a libertine life of varied amoral experiences while staying young and beautiful. All the while, his portrait ages and records every sin. So how can we connect this to Evelyn, who's the one who's reading it? Well, she basically is the portrait of 
Dorian Gray, like, she passed herself off as someone much younger than she was. Mm -hmm. Her body is failing her, so, like, her true self is, like, reflecting her sins. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I don't quite understand is, is Edgar supposed to be the painter, do you think? Or is Edgar supposed to be the aristocrat? Yeah, that's possible. Um, so does Evelyn just keep getting new kidneys over and over until they work? Like, I don't think so. I don't think that's how kidneys work. Well, like, why aren't they finding a, an actual match? Like, it seems like... Everybody, they're just, like, trying new ones every single time. Well, why aren't they going through legitimate medical channels? It's just weird also because, I mean, maybe the wait list was so long that Edgar, Edgar was like, well, let's do it ourselves then. Because That's because awful. she's having the medicine, that, Betty said that the medicine was, like, for somebody who, like, just had a transplant. Well, yeah, because she got it from Fangs. Yeah. Slash Kevin. Yeah. So it's like, did she try Kevin's and Kevin's didn't work and now she's trying Fangs and now Fangs isn't is It's working, possible or? that her body rejects a lot of them. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's like, that's... and now are they garbage and you can't sell them anymore? Or like, yeah, I mean, I they've already know. been in a body. They're, yeah. they're done for. Well, they were already in a body before. But I mean, if they've been rejected by yeah. another body. So. I don't know. So not only is it like your kidney isn't going on the black market and isn't going to actually help somebody. It's like, it was give, it was used for like a month and then it was garbage. And yeah. that, that sucks. And my next note was, glad Dr. Curdle Jr. is thriving. My God. Because we got into the little thing where I thought that they, that she was going to find Dr. Curl Jr. dead. And I am happy that she didn't. Glad he's driving. I am very happy for you. The episode's called Harvest House. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A light bulb. Do Fangs and Kevin know that their kidneys were stolen? I feel like no. Because they're pretty chill. Yeah, they seem really cool with not having kidneys. And I'm like, mm, y'all need kidneys. Yeah. Mm, cool. In the trailer, I did not expect it to be Kevin and Fangs dragging Betty. Yeah, that was really upsetting. I was like, guys, leave her alone. Yeah, I fully did not expect it to be Kevin Fangs. Um, Cheryl sacrifices herself because they don't want her kidney, question mark. We talked about that. And then what procedure- she loves Tony. And then what procedure is Betty getting? Okay, so I just want to talk about Cheryl really quickly because, like, her sacrificing herself for Tony Mm -hmm. is such a journey. Mm. Because can you imagine Cheryl in season one doing that for anyone? Mm. No. Yeah. But she's finally found her person again, and this is someone that she loves, and she's, like, in a healthy relationship. Well, healthy before they joined the cult. She, it's just such a selfless moment for her, and I think that's, like, a huge thing for Cheryl Blossom to be selfless. Mm-hmm. So, I really loved that. Yeah. We are making good time. I know. I'm very proud of us. I'm very surprised for an episode like this where, that we don't have that much to say. I think it's because there's not a lot left to theorize about that True. we haven't been theorizing about the whole season. I know. I gave you my whole chick theory and that's going to be it. That's my heart. Maybe. That's my whole life right now. That's, that's your heart Denton. Heart Denton. My heart Denton. Yeah. So um, now it's time for segments. Um, my first segment is a sexual joke. Question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. God bless you. Thanks. And my segment is which milk was the most badass? And I'm going to give it to Mary. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? No. <sighs> <sighs> Remember snake parents? Yeah. Uh, now it's time for, I really, ugh. I'm sad. When we were told that we were going to be moderating Sweet River Con and we were told that Machen and Skeet were going to be there, I thought that we were going to have a lot more snake parents content to talk about this mm-hmm. season. And but it I'm just a little fell disappointed. Off. Yeah. I feel like we're going to be talking to them a lot about season two. And I don't know if we're I, no, to do that. I want to, I want to really like ask like what the expectations were going in and like what the future could hold for them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, now it's time for Best Line Award. My Best Line Award goes to Archie <laughs> <laughs> for. Yeah, Ronnie, your dad sucks. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. And mine goes to Ethel for help me, Jughead Jones. You're my only hope. My favorite 
thing that Carrie Fisher ever tweeted was when she was quoting Leia and she said, help me, Obi-Juan, whoever the fuck you are, you're my only hoe. That was iconic. But yeah, anyway, so it's a Star Wars line. Of course I was gonna pick that. Now it's time for our trailer reaction. I haven't seen the extended if it exists. Let's find uh, out. Ooh. What a good acquaintance. Oh boy, season finale. Uh, tell me who the Gargoyle King is. Tell me I'm right. If I'm not right, then um, what? What? You know? Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I haven't seen the excited. I haven't so seen excited. it either. I haven't seen anything. <laughs> okay. Um, three, two, one, play. The invitations say not to tell anyone. Invitation? Oh no. I will kill you and your friends. Oh good. dear. Oh, <gasps> it's the We're midnight cup part two level. That's suicide. I refuse. Oh, boy. The ascension is what? upon us. You're nuts. What is going on? The hunt is afoot. What? Nana Rose! Yes! That was so good! What? That was the perfect ending. The fact that Tony ran to, um, Thistle House? So good. Okay, so, first of all, this invitation we speak of. It says, Betty, please wear this to dinner. We are awaiting you downstairs. Ew, Hal's picking out her outfits now? Bye. Okay, not to tell anyone, and yet you're talking about it. <laughs> okay, so they're all in Creepy Forest. In the Sabrina tree. Yeah, I was literally just thinking that. So okay. Hal's clearly there, because he's standing next to a tree. Obviously, Hal is alive and still wearing the same black hood leather coat did you think that the the black hood from this episode was hal because i feel like every time we see the black hood it's never like actually lachlan no but like i feel like this is the, obviously this, this is, is the black hood yeah yeah like every time they're just like we don't he doesn't have to say anything so it's like we don't need to we don't need lachlan for this we can just have some guy exactly doing, you know <laughs> i love that this show found a way to get the kids in formal wear yeah okay and of course it's the core four here tony running away from that looks like Reggie's truck. Yeah. Is that Reggie back there? Or no, that... I don't think that's Reggie. It kind of looked like Fangs. When they're oh, to... I think Reggie might be behind the truck. When they're also when the core four is coming up, it looks like of course there's like a fire and then like the there are bones around, which yeah. is like the what's it called? The totem kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Who is that? Actually, I don't know who that is. It's Archie fighting someone. No, but the, sorry, in behind Tony where she's at Thistle House. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Oh, no, I don't know who that I is. Don't know either. Who that is. Okay. Yeah. Archie's fighting somebody who is wearing like a giant dress, which makes me think it's like the Gargoyle King. Maybe. Could be. I think it's um, someone dressed up as one of the characters. Okay. And Veronica's messed up by this. Then also Betty. Cheryl is once again being apprehended at the sisters. I can't With believe Cheryl went through conversion therapy at the sisters and was like, yeah, I'll go back to the sisters and stay in a small room. You know? I feel like the show forgot that happened. Yeah. Was that this season? It was, wasn't it? No, that was last season. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it just all blurs together. Oh, yeah. Right. Cheryl, I assume, is in the... Yeah, obviously. Um, With Kevin and Fangs doing more weird marriage things. What is which up is, like, with their them? thing, I guess. The core four coming up on the goblets. Okay. Oh, they're all laid out on a tree stump. And there's a there's a there's a character card there, but I can't tell what it is. Is this spin the bottle? Yeah, it looks like spin the bottle. <laughs> and there's a card or like a, a note to them. Oh, Edgar's up to something creepy. And then Veronica says she won't do it. That's suicide. I refuse, obviously. Yeah, Edgar's up to something creepy. And Ew, he's, he's using a hammer to knock something. Oh, I'm worried like about Alice. There's like a nail. Yeah. Ew. I hope it's not Betty's skull. Super worried about Alice. And is that, do you think that's Cheryl or Evelyn in the background there? Huh? She has red hair. Cheryl. So it's gotta be Cheryl or Evelyn. Okay. Oh, wait. Evelyn. Okay. Now Alice coming into 
Edgar's office. He says the Ascension is upon us. Great, so he's in on it. Oh, wait, no, the Ascension is, like, a totally different thing in the farm. They're just using the same word, right? Yeah. Um, and then, so they're all here at dinner, which I think is separate from where they're going to the Gargoyle King yeah. thing, I guess? You're That's nuts. Chick. That- It has to be. That's Chick. That's not Jason. It's- It's the- The tattoo, as well. It's the yeah. tattoo. He's supposed to be blonde, blue eyes, weirdly magnetic. It's Chick. It's Chick. It's Chick. Okay, great. Yeah, and it looks like his hair is dyed. Like, yep. I know it's dark, and I know that there's, like, fire, which is, like, red, obviously, but I really think this is Chick. Thank you. I agree. Jughead runs. Who is that? Kev? It looks like Kevin. Who's with, like, every, like a bunch of uniforms? Yeah, they're just all laying there. Okay. Cheryl screaming, which she's so good at. Varchie running. Varchie running. Betty with Jug- a gun. Oh, that's Betty. Oh, yeah. Uh, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is the... Is the Gargoyle King actually finally doing something? This is a big old fight. That's Archie, obviously. I don't think that's the Gargoyle King. Okay, so it's somebody who has been sent by the Gargoyle King to... They literally look like they're dressed up as a bear. And then Tony ran to Thistle House, where literally only Nana Rose lives now. How is Nana Rose taking care of herself? What a great question we'll never get the answer to. Like, she couldn't even, like, go to the bathroom herself, could she? Um. Remember, like, when Pe- Penelope was like, hold it and watch Mr. Rogers or whatever she was watching. Bob Ross, right? Or something. Bob Ross. Yeah, Mr. Rogers? Yeah. She's like, what? Ugh. Like, she's- if I were Tony, I'd be so done. Yeah. She'd be like, listen, a lot of things have happened. Great trailer. Very excited. Holy crap. At the 100, what's good? Give Um, us better trailers. This episode was- is another one that went through a different name cycle. Yeah. The old name, which I am deeply upset to lose, was called Apocalypto. Oh my god, that would have been amazing! I know, and then yesterday when I checked, they have changed the title. That is- sad. But let me tell you about Apocalypto because I did the research and I want to. Oh, okay. So Apocalypto is a 2006 American epic adventure film co-produced, co-written, and directed by Mel Gibson. Oh, we don't talk about known Holocaust denier Mel Gibson. Mm -hmm. Set in the Yucatan, Mexico, around the year 1502, Apocalypto portrays the hero's journey of a young man named Jaguar Paw, an early Mesoamerican hunter and his fellow tribesmen who are captured by an invading force after the devastation of their village and brought on a perilous journey to a Mayan city for human sacrifice at a time when the Maya civilization is in decline. Christ. All of of the ethnic tribes and people depicted in the film were Maya, as Gibson wanted to depict the Maya city built for the story as an unknown world to the character. The film ends with the arrival of Christopher Columbus and the Spanish conquistadors and on his fourth voyage. Wow. Yeah. So sounds like actually a pretty cool film and I'm deeply upset to lose the name Apocalypto. Yeah, I'm upset that he took such a cool like name for a cool film but that he's the one who made the film. Yeah. Very disappointing. Um, and of course the new um, episode is called Survive the Night and we'll talk about that in our outro. Nice. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's in the description. It's perpetually open. Um, We'd love to hear some things that you like about the show so we know what to keep. And some things that you don't like about the show so we know what to change. If you're a fan of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, we like to talk about that show too on this feed. So you're already here. Yeah, and we want to cover Katie Keene, but we're going to see. We can't promise that. We're going to be careful because that's a lot of podcasts for us. It sure is. Uh, if you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. Season 6 is just starting up here. Um, it's really good so far, so we're really excited to talk about it. So check out that podcast if you're interested in The 100. If you're going to be missing us during the hiatus. 
Ooh, ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too, obviously. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of season two right now. Yeah, we're having a good time over there. We have guests. We do. So fun. Um, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. And um, we're just uh, doing all of season one before, right before season three starts. So if you need a refresher, that's where you go. Okay, and us, you, Sweet River Con... Make it happen. November. Google it. Make it happen. Yeah. Come. There are six whole actors coming. So you better come. No, no halves. No. All holes. Uh Uh-huh. Um, follow at the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. And, um, I try really hard on our Tumblr. So please support me over there. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you spare a dollar, we would really appreciate it because, um, running this amount of podcasts, which we just listed, is expensive. Yes. And um, uh, once again, if you can't donate for any reason, that's totally okay. Uh, the next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. Thank you. Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Abritania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. So Survive the Night is the name of episode 322, the um, the finale. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a 1993 TV movie, as far as I can tell. And the plot goes, on their way home from Brooklyn, psychiatrist Vic, daughter Julie, and sister Stacy run short of gas. They leave the highway to search for a petrol station, but end up airing around in South Bronx. A youth gang under the sadistic Ice stops their car and starts menacing them. While Julie drives away in panic, she damages one of their bikes. Ice feels provoked and decides to hunt them down. Without fuel, the three women soon have to flee by foot and defend their lives with all means possible. Only the youngest gang member, TJ, tries to help them. Christ. That sounds like a movie designed to kill women. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.